telling you guys all about. I'm here with the Kelly Cardenas, <laughs> and he is amazing, you guys. Um, I sat here and we just were, you know, uh, running around trying to get set up and everything like that. But um, I also seen some really cool things that you brought out. Some cool skateboard that has your, you know, your hairstyle on there, and some books that you had there. Well, this, this one was one of my favorites because uh, whenever I go, like, you know, being in the professional beauty industry, um, I show up to a hair show with this, people are always asking, like, why do you have a skateboard? And, um, you know, why not? And uh, I just had a, a young guy today, his name is Luca, I've been cutting his hair since he was, he was four years old. And he actually is a skater now, so he's 12, and I got to give him a skateboard, and now he's out there, and uh, he has a connection point to our brand, because I always wanted our brand to transcend uh, the hair industry and just be about people. So. Yeah, that's oh, that was the key thing that you kept saying too when I was following you around on your Instagram and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you were really talking about letting go of, of all that salesy stuff and, and really just honing in on the people. And you, know, you take care of the people, it's going to come back to you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you guys, uh, I, hi, I can see you guys there. Thanks for viewing in. Um, lots of friends viewing in right now. You guys, uh, I'm, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Like, I want to kind of um, pull out of you some of that goodness that you have that I've seen on Instagram. Actually, the first time I seen you, I was following around Tim's story. Uh -huh. So, Tim's story and I, we both have mutual friends, uh, but we don't know each other. Really? So, Tim's story used to preach around in our, in our fellowships and praise chapels and stuff like that. And so um, I've, I've you know, known him and seen him preach, like uh -huh. in person and stuff. And then uh, I was following his Instagram and then I seen you come in and then they were saying, oh, there's this guy and he's in Carlsbad. And so, like I do, I just randomly do. <laughs> I say, hey, can I interview you? <laughs> and see if they respond. Yeah. But I am like so, like I get so excited when these, when people like you, or other people, and they respond. So you responded. Of course. You're like, yeah, let's do it. And so that really, like, that drives me. That gets me really excited. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, this is what it's all about. So, um, so that's kind of like how I first kind of discovered who you were. Uh -huh. And then I started following around your your content and stuff, and it was super cool stuff. Thank you. So, um, but we all have this kind of crazy start uh -huh. to how we get into the things that we do. So kind of tell us a little bit about that. Well, I mean, the professional beauty industry for me, um, it was never that I was super excited about doing hair or um, you know, cutting the best haircut or doing the best color. It was simply, uh, it was out of necessity. And I think that the best inspiration comes most of the time from desperation. And you know, if you're out there, that's the first thing that I want you to write down because a lot of you guys, are, we're gonna be in desperate times, but yeah. that's where the inspiration can happen. And for us, we just couldn't afford a haircut. Um, you know, so my mom would cut it. And then my dad wanted to save even more money, so he went and bought dog clippers to shave the dog because he was mad that we were sending it to the groomer. Mm -hmm. And um, we tried to shave the dog one time, uh, didn't chain it up, it ran away. Uh, you know, ran out of the, uh, out of the, the, the garage. Mm -hmm. And then my brother and I turned the clippers on each other. Mm -hmm. And the one that did that to me, he cut, he cut my hair, he became the lawyer. Mm -hmm. The one that was laughing while I was getting my hair cut became the doctor. Mm -hmm. And I ended up becoming the hairdresser. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's really cool. 
really cool. So, so you you share you share a little bit about your 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 growing up. It's kind of like how you started and things like that. Um, you know what? I can't stop looking at this bracelet. <laughs> what is it? Well, every single thing that I have is a story. Like I always want to, like I always want to have little trinkets on me that will cause people to do exactly what you did. That's really so good. So in the Super in good. not only in just in the industry that I'm in, but just in general. So if I'm walking through an airport, um, if I'm wearing something that's mm -hmm. a little bit off or a little bit different, mm -hmm. people ask me about that item, and it's a conduit to help me to be able to connect with people. Mm -hmm. So this one is uh, this one came from my my wife. Everything cool that I have is from my wife. Uh -huh. um, she's amazing, and uh, we used to watch Swamp People uh -huh. together. Mm -hmm. And the show on, uh, I believe it was on A and E or whatever it was, mm -hmm. and it was about guys hunting gators. Mm -hmm. And we got so into it, and it was the silliest show ever. And everything was gator, even down to I got a gator couch in the first salon that we had, oh, really? and it was a red gator couch. And the whole uh, part of it was being involved or getting so engulfed in something, even if it was silly, yeah. caused people to want to know about the story. Mm -hmm. And once you got someone to listen to your story, then you could connect with their soul. That is really good. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I, you know, I, 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 I used to do that. I hadn't done it in a while since I was coming back from London and scrumming around trying to, you know, get back settled in to America and all mm -hmm. that. But I love that. Super good. Um, so Kelly, um, you have uh, two kids. I have two children. I, I was looking at that. You have two kids, yeah. and you have a dog, Skyler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So tell us a little well, bit. Well, I mean, obviously the two kids. You know how they came about. My wife's super. <laughs> hot. Um, <laughs> my wife is super hot, and, uh, and you know that's awesome. Yeah, she's uh, But with the dog, my daughter was into dogs, right? From I mean, from the time that she could speak. Yeah. But I was that dad that said, no way, no way, no way, no way, because it's going to tear up the house and do all that stuff. Yep. And she yep. stayed on me for seven years. And seven years, she, can I have a dog, can I have a dog, can I have a dog, until mm -hmm. I finally broke, and then I got the dog. And it did exactly what I thought it was going to do. It destroyed our whole house, killed our floors, peed oh, on everything, yeah. went yep. in neighbors' houses, almost killed my relationships with people. Oh. Um, but the one thing that it did is it got me out every morning to walk the dog, because I walk around the neighborhood. Yep. And... It, it was a twofold thing. One, I had never seen my neighborhood before. I had never seen it, and I see it every single morning, so I get to appreciate it. I get to hear the birds sing, and that's what my, my dad said, mm -hmm. uh, that his mom said to him uh, when he was growing up. Mm -hmm. She said, no matter what's going on in your day, mm -hmm. if you go outside and you listen, the birds will always be singing, mm -hmm. meaning that there's always some great thing that's going to happen on that day. Mm -hmm. And the third thing was is that I actually get to talk to my dad every single day. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I talk to him on the dog walk, and so he tells me every day, that he thanks God for that dog. And I think there's so many blessings in our life that God is trying to give us, yes. but we, re we resist them because they're not exactly what we think that they should be. Right. But yeah. the blessing of my dad came through a thing that I didn't want, which was my dog. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, don't go out there and get a dog because that's mm -hmm. the worst thing you could do. Mm -hmm. But what I would say is, if God keeps impressing something on you, yeah. stop resisting it and allow him to be able to bless you. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. I did hear that one on Instagram. It was super good. Thank you. Yeah, I liked that. Um, that is, uh, 
I can kind of resonate with that because I went to London and it wasn't until I got the dog that things really started happening. Oh, really? Yeah. It got me outside, like you said. Yeah. You know, I had to get out there, I had to meet people, other people with their dogs. And then there was this group of us ladies that would chat and gossip and walk our dog. <laughs> it was so much fun. Well, I had to tell, but I do have to do the disclaimer because there's so many young people out there that start in their business that say, hey, I want to go get a dog. And I'll, I'm a proponent of saying no to that, that person. The reason why is because if you take on something, you, uh, like early on in your career, you're going to have less and less free time and you're going to have more and more responsibility. Yeah. So the less responsibility that you can have early on in your career will give you the opportunity to, like, for me, I was able to say yes to so many things because I didn't have anything outside of myself to take care of. Yeah. And the, quick, the more and more things that you put around you that you have that lock you into a place are going to stop you a lot of times from the opportunities that can come. Yeah. So when I was 21 years old in this business and they said, hey, we're going to New York this week, I could go to New York mm -hmm. because I didn't have to worry about a dog, I didn't have to worry about a child, I didn't have to worry about a wife. All I did was had to go that way. So I'm not saying to you know be alone for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. but at certain points go get a dog, but please, <laughs> I mean, early on in your career, I would suggest staying away from them and then later on you can get them when your daughter guilt you into it. All right, right, there you go. <laughs> so, um, so you like really, you know, your, your body language changed and everything when you start talking about the dog and your, and your dad and all of that. And, you know, there, there's really, a, you know, a good connection with that right there. Absolutely. Um, you know, in business, um, and you, you, you know, this is your passion, this is what you do. It's kind of like you said, you know, how there was, there's always some kind of star to it why you do it, um, but I'm sure that there's some struggles, like how, like, share with us, like, when you, like, face those struggles, mm -hmm. how did you keep going, like, what did you do, what did you tell yourself? Well, I think that it goes right, it goes all the way back to, I mean, we were pretty much, there always seemed to be struggle in our life in some, some way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. um, so my dad was in the military, and he was 14 years in, and one day came home and said, God told me to get out of the military. And so literally one day, like he was in the military and then bang, he's out. Wow. And we've got a moving truck at our house packing up and all my friends are asking, oh, where are you going? Where are you moving? Because that's normal in the military family that mm -hmm. you see a moving truck, you ask your friend, where are you moving to? Mm -hmm. Well, we didn't know where we were moving because we didn't have any plans. And my dad didn't have any plans. So he's just packing up the moving truck mm -hmm. and my friends keep asking me, like, where are you moving to? And I said, I don't know. And then they said, oh, quit joking around. Where are you moving to? I said, I don't know. And then I remember the third time that I'm saying, like, where are you going? And I was so embarrassed that I said, I don't know, and just got mad. Mm -hmm. But so we, we had kind of grown up in that type of environment. The flip side of it, though, the positive side was from the time I was in fourth grade to the time I was in sixth grade, we did a thing called sleep teaching. Mm -hmm. So my dad was a part of the, the first, like, pyramid scheme or MLM, now mm -hmm. was what they call it. Mm -hmm. And he took and these motivational tapes, and mm -hmm. he broke the headphones and put them through our wall, so one headphone in my brother's pillow, one headphone in mine, auto-reverse Walkman, that most of you don't realize what that is, right. but the Walkman, and it had motivational tapes, and we'd listen to them for eight to 10 hours a night, which was sleep teaching, going into your subconscious. So from fourth grade to sixth grade, I had eight to 10 hours of positive reinforcement mm -hmm. that was happening. Mm -hmm. I believe that that's a part of it. The other part of it is that every day when I, from the time I can remember, I woke up to my mom telling me that she loved me more than anything in the world, mm -hmm. uh, that I was the greatest, mm -hmm. and that I could accomplish anything that I put my mind to, mm -hmm. and I could uh, anything that I was purposed to do. Mm -hmm. So I was told that every single day. Mm -hmm. 
Not one day went by that they didn't tell me that. So I have eight to 10 hours of positive reinforcement, motivational tapes, I have that happening, but I also have all this chaos around me of you know us getting a moving van and not having anything. So by the time I had got to challenges in business, so the reason why my whole company started is because I got fired from my job. I was 20, uh, what was I, 29 years old, almost 30. Mm -hmm. So 29 years old, um, and I get a call one day, and I'm at the time I'm making a little over a quarter of a million dollars a year. I'm mm -hmm. working four days a week. I'm 29 years old. I mm -hmm. went to hair school, barely graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. So I shouldn't be doing this. And they called me and told me my job is done. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason why I reacted the way that I did and the way that I was able to get through it is, you know, and I, I God kind of took me through this where uh, when, when David went to fight, you know, you hear about David and uh, Goliath. Yes. You always hear this and yeah. you always hear like, oh, you're, who's your giant or what's your Goliath in your life? Right. But the part that they don't talk about is that David fought some bears, some lions, exactly. and then he fought the giant. Yeah. So by the time he got to the giant, he said, I already fought bears, I already fought lions. So this guy, no big problem. Mm -hmm. So for me, by the time I got to the point where I got fired from my job at 29, mm -hmm. and I lost a quarter of a million dollars like that, I had already fought bears, I had already fought lions, so by the time I got to this giant, I said, this is just nothing more than another step. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, I think it, like what God does is He builds us faith to faith, glory to glory. He doesn't, and this is where people get off, is they saw me like, oh wow, you went and started your company, I'm going to do the same thing, I'm going to quit my job and do I said, no, no, mm -hmm. I fought. Bears killed him, fought lions, killed him, again got to the giant, and then we slayed the giant. But had I not done the bears, the, the, the lions, mm -hmm. and some people in their life right now haven't even fought a cub. So my advice to people, before you go jump mm -hmm. off in the deep end because you hear somebody's inspirational story, exactly. I would go and maybe you need to fight some alley cats. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you need to fight some puppies. Yeah. And then work your way up because he'll build your faith to faith and glory to glory, not... He won't just take you from one place and just put you in another. He'll always build you up. Yeah. So. yeah, that's, I think, the best thing I've heard in every single podcast I've ever done. This is, it's probably the best. Thank you. That's the best um, piece of advice. Yes, it's really good. Um, you guys, seriously listen to this because um, I see people and they, you know, their popularity brings them all the way to the top. And they either fizzle down little by little or they just drop. As soon as the, the going gets tough and they can't handle the pressure and the anxiety and all that hits in, um, you, like Kelly said, it is from glory to glory. And not only that, we have the Holy Spirit. You know? <laughs> well, and then by the time, I mean, the first five years of opening the company, um, I had five major robberies uh, in the first five years. Oh my gosh. And I remember where God really, really grabbed a hold of me as I was on the way home. God robbed it. Two o'clock in the morning, so we smashed the window and went into our place. Well, when I got there, they had smashed the window. Mm. They had rustled up all our stuff and then only took the coffee maker. And I was thinking, if you bust my window, mm -hmm. at least take the TV. Mm -hmm. Take all the products. Take the money. Mm -hmm. But I get there. I drive across town, two o'clock in the morning. By the time I'm done, it's about four o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with the cops, everything like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm speeding home. Mm -hmm. Well, I look like I do. Plus... I like cars, and I was driving a car that most guys that look like me wasn't shouldn't be driving. Plus, I was in, uh, so I'm driving 85, 90 miles an hour to get home, and I get pulled over. So I think the cop is going to be okay because I'm going to tell him mm -hmm. that I got I just got robbed and I'm on the way home. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I don't realize that I live in Vegas. So 4 o'clock in the morning, looking like I do in that kind of car, mm -hmm. looks like I'm dealing something that I shouldn't be dealing. Mm -hmm. What kind of car is it? <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a, seven, a 7 Series Beamer. Um, so, you know, again, it, it looked a little conspicuous, whatever it is, and he mm -hmm. asked me about it. I tell him the story, I think he's going to let me off, and he's like, oh, good story, and writes me the ticket. Well, I was so mad, and God said to me at that point so clearly, the only reason why you got robbed tonight is because you have a business which gives you the opportunity to get robbed. So he was all about my perspective because what he was telling me is, if you didn't have a business, you couldn't get robbed. So do you not want to get robbed anymore? I'll take away your business. And I said, no, 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 I'll keep my business and continue to get robbed. I'm good. So That's good. Perspective. <laughs> Man, where do you get all this? How old are you? You know, like, like, like I'm like so old. And yeah. you're, telling, you're saying all this stuff. You're still so young. Thank you. Um, that's really good stuff. Can you tell all my staff that I'm young? Because they, they get all my dad jokes, is what it is. So. Um, no, that's really good stuff. Like, you know, that's really really good stuff. Um, I I kind of was similar, but I didn't have like a dad that was you know putting in you know, through the wall, you know, tapes or anything like that. I had teachers that came into my life that, you know, they, I didn't know that it was all this, this um, you know, inspirational, motivational yeah. stuff um, or self-development stuff that they were teaching us until way later on, you know, when I took a Dale Carnegie course yeah. and then things started clicking in and I was like, that's what my teacher said way back when, you know, when I was like 16. And, um, but yeah, it's, um, I, really good bits of wisdom and good stuff um so anything else what, what do you want to share dude well i think one of the biggest things was you know early on so if you do the math on that the eight to ten hours so mm -hmm. if you do seven hours seven days a week eight hours a day right yes. so it's 56 hours yeah. so i rounded to 60 60 mm -hmm. times 50 weeks in a year is 3,000 and 3,000 times two mm -hmm. is 6,000 so i had 6,000 hours of motivational tapes and business tapes before I was in seventh grade. Yeah. And what was great is one of the principals mm -hmm. of these was a guy named Ken Blanchard. And so Ken Blanchard is something that my dad raised me on. Mm -hmm. Well, little did I know how God works. Uh, Ken Blanchard was going to be speaking at the, the Chamber of Commerce mm -hmm. um, about uh, last year. It was about a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. And so on the way out of the house, my wife and I were going. I was so excited because I had never got to see Ken Blanchard, but I had heard of him. Mm -hmm. Because my dad had spoken about him, and I had listened to him about him when I was growing up, yeah. subconsciously. Yeah. And so I grabbed one of my books, and I uh, I wrote to Ken, it's great to meet you, and all this stuff. And my wife's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm autographing a book to Ken Blanchard. Mm -hmm. She's like, you don't know him. And I said, yeah. So he spoke, and then I waited for the uh, you know things to kind of be a little bit of a, uh, not a mess, but when someone gave an award and people were talking in the audience, yeah. and then I bolted to a stable. And mm -hmm. I dropped down, I knew I only had a couple seconds, so I said, Mr. Blanchard, I want to thank you so much, I was raised on your principles, we use them in our business, and our business is very successful, thank you. Mm -hmm. And he said, what is your business? I said, thank you so much for asking, here's my book. And I handed him my book, and I left, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 10, 15 minutes later, I have a woman walk over to my table, she said, are you Kelly Cardenas? And I said, well, yes, but I, and she said, you just gave a book to, our, mm -hmm. our, to, um, to Ken Blanchard. And I, and I thought that she was, Kind of offended by it. Oh. Well, I said, yeah, that, that was me. And she said, well, he looked at it and he likes the look of it. We've got a, um, a, a conference here in Carlsbad mm -hmm. called the Servant Leadership 
conference, Servant Leadership Institute conference, mm -hmm. and we've got room for one more speaker. Would you be interested in that? And I acted like I was calm. <laughs> I was jumping inside. Yeah. And I said yes. So when I said yes to this, I had no idea what was going to open up. The world was going to open up. Mm -hmm. Because Ken Blanchard's really good friend who owns the Servant Leadership Institute is Art Barter. So Art Barter mm -hmm. was there sitting next to Ken. I didn't know who this was. Mm -hmm. So they had me come to the Servant Leadership Institute conference. Yeah. And I got to be on the same speaking bill as Ken Blanchard. And Blanchard is B-L. Mm -hmm. Cardenas is C-A. Mm -hmm. So on the bill... They did it in an alphabetical order, so it was Ken Blanchard and Kelly Cardenas. Now, I wasn't speaking right after him, uh -huh. but on the bill, it looked like that. Mm -hmm. And above that was Barter. So Art Barter was the, the uh, founder of Servant Leadership Institute. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And so we have since become friends. Robin Swift was the lady that came over and asked me would I be willing to speak. Is now a guest of mine, so I do her hair. I just did her hair today. Mm -hmm. And we're really looking at taking Servant Leadership because... Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of you guys are, are privy to servant leadership, but what it is, is it's basically turning the organizational chart upside down. Mm -hmm. So it's taking your heart and putting it into business and saying, if I'm the CEO, I'm not on top of the pyramid anymore, yeah. I'm on the bottom, mm -hmm. and I get to serve everybody. Mm -hmm. Because when the organizational chart is like this, mm -hmm. the CEO, say if you drink from, uh, from uh, you know, the CEO drank, and then it ran down, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you can imagine if it ran down, I, the way that I said it, if you had a three-story building, mm -hmm. And the guy stood on top of the three-story building. Mm -hmm. The guy stood on the third story, mm -hmm. then second story, then first story. The guy on the top story took a drink of water mm -hmm. and then spit it out into the mouth of the person mm -hmm. on the third floor. Mm -hmm. And then that guy spit it out onto the second floor, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. By the time it got down to the bottom, you probably wouldn't want any of that water going into your mouth. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that traditional power structure leadership is. Yeah. But when we turn it upside down, all the water flows into the whole organization and it's all fresh. Mm -hmm. And the last person to drink mm -hmm. is the CEO. And that's what I was taught from my parents, my mom and my dad, mm -hmm. was that they would always be the last ones to eat. 